Good morning. From the newsroom of the Financial Times, today is Tuesday, February 19th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today, U.S. President Donald Trump threatens the Venezuelan military over its support for Nicolas Maduro, more splits among pro-EU politicians over Brexit, and property developers play the Chinese market by buying up the debts of their rivals. Then the FT's Emiko Terrazono explains why fears of climate change may soon bring more regulations to the agricultural sector. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. Hello, Miami. I am thrilled to be back in the state I love. We're here to proclaim... A new day is coming in Latin America. It's coming. On Monday, U.S. President Donald Trump gave a speech in Florida. Mr. Trump warned members of the Venezuelan military who continue to support the regime of Nicolas Maduro that they're risking their lives and their future. We seek a peaceful transition of power, but all options are open. The cheering crowd was made up of mostly immigrants from Venezuela and Cuba. Florida is a crucial swing state where the Hispanic vote, including Venezuelan and Cuban expatriates, forms a key block. Maduro is not a Venezuelan patriot. He is a Cuban puppet. That's what he is. Cuba has long provided Mr. Maduro with intelligence and medical services in return for subsidized oil. Mr. Trump said those days were over. The power struggle between Mr. Maduro and opposition leader Juan Guaido may come to a violent head on Saturday. As we speak, there are truckloads filled with hundreds of tons of desperately needed humanitarian supplies stopped at the borders of Venezuela. That's when the U.S. and Colombia will help the opposition bring truckloads of aid into Venezuela. The international community has also pledged around $100 million in support of the emergency response. Mr. Maduro has called the aid delivery a pretext for invasion. So far, the Venezuelan army has stood by Mr. Maduro, but Mr. Trump urged military members to accept Guaido's offer of amnesty and to abandon Mr. Maduro. And if you'd like to read the FT's interview with Juan Guaido, you can find that at FT.com. God bless the people of Venezuela. And on Friday, the FT interviewed opposition leader Juan Guaido. If you'd like to watch that interview, you can find it at FT.com. UK parties on either side of the political spectrum are suffering from infighting over Brexit. On Monday, seven pro-EU Labour MPs resigned from Britain's main opposition party in a challenge to left-wing leader Jeremy Corbyn. And now, pro-EU Tory ministers are at odds. The growing tensions in Prime Minister Theresa May's government highlight their practical difficulties in maintaining a common front. And they come as pro-European Tories are trying to put pressure on Mrs. May to rule out a no-deal Brexit. Some ministers fault the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Philip Hammond, for not taking advantage of his seniority and for not threatening to resign to avert a no-deal. One person close to a cabinet member called Mr. Hammond spineless. A critical moment is likely to come next week, on February 27th, when the House of Commons votes on Brexit again. As many as 15 Europhile ministers are considering resigning from the government to vote for a House of Commons amendment that would prevent the UK from leaving without a deal. But Mr. Hammond is uncomfortable with ministers threatening to quit to force the prime minister's hand. Mr. Hammond has privately suggested that Mrs. May would not ultimately allow a disorderly Brexit to happen. And property developers have found a new way to play on the Chinese market, buying up the debts of their rivals. A slowdown in sales and falling prices in some large Chinese cities have sparked concerns of a deeper downturn, and demand for homes has been depressed. 
But the Chinese slowdown has also resulted in record sales of bad debts. $259 billion in non-performing loans were sold off to distressed asset investors last year. That's the most in nearly two decades. Within that mountain of debt, loans backed by property have become a hot commodity on the market for bad assets. Property developers are among the most indebted companies in China, with 385 billion renminbi in bonds set to mature in 2019. Now, some of the country's largest developers are scooping up the bad debts of peers in the industry, and that's driving consolidation in the sector. There are about 90,000 property development companies in China, but the top 100 groups account for 67% of total sales. And here's a closer look at a story we're following. The agricultural sector is facing pressure from lots of places these days. And recently, the industry's role in greenhouse gas emissions has become a topic of debate. The FT's commodities correspondent, Emiko Terrazano, says these emissions are coming from a place you might not expect. So the sector's um, main source of emissions is um, basically cows' burps. When a <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when cows digest what they're eating, a process called enteric fermentation, which produces methane as a byproduct. New research out this week from Barclays suggests the food industry could soon be hit with a slew of new regulations. So there's nothing firm on the table as yet, but analysts are concerned that what happened to sugar companies in terms of sugar taxes in various jurisdictions could also hit food companies, farmers, grain processors, all the companies in the food supply chain. And what exactly are analysts at Barclays worried about? Okay, so in the worst case scenario, I think the the analysts are warning that governments would come up with something like a methane tax or some sort of carbon tax. Most large companies, I think, thinking ahead, or they claim they're thinking ahead and could deal with this. But of course, if that cost gets um, transferred down the supply chain or up the supply chain to farmers or other processors, it's a bit unclear how they would handle that. And consumers are already, they're sort of aware of this phenomenon in some places, and they're turning to plant-based proteins rather than meat now. But companies that make those plant-based alternatives are facing some pushback from farmers. Why is that? That's right. I mean, meat companies, I think beef, livestock farmers, butchers, they're all up in arms of the usage of the word meat and in in the case of dairy cheese. Some of them, I think in the States, it's happening in the States as well, but in Europe, have moved to try and ban the use of meat-related words like sausage or meatballs or schnitzel or whatever. The accusation is that it will quote-unquote, confuse the consumer. But I honestly don't think the consumer is confused by it. I think it's it's just a fear that their market share, and it's a real fear, that the market share will be eroded by these plant-based products and, in time, these cell-based lab-grown meat products as well. And institutional investors are also putting some pressure on the agricultural business right now. What's happening there? Institutional investors are now really um, concerned about climate change and the agriculture's impact on that. But they also understand that in order to change the, the paradigm that 
customers at the end, i.e. the big food manufacturers and retailers, are the ones that can push the buttons. So institutions have started to ask food companies like fast food uh, retailers, food manufacturers to create targets, say 2020, 2030 down the line, so they, they can be measured in terms of what they're doing to avert climate and environmental damage. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today we'll be following earnings from HSBC. The British bank derives the majority of its revenue from Asia, so shareholders will be looking for signs of whether the bank is being affected by the Chinese slowdown or trade tensions between China and the U.S. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for all the latest business news. 